So, new Marvel films out. Thor, Love and Thunder, the mm. fourth Thor film. <laughs> God, that's tricky to say, isn't it? The fourth <laughs> Thor film. Like <laughs> try that. Fourth Thor. Fourth Thor film. That is tricky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fourth solo fourth, uh, Thor film. And, um, it's like, you know, what, it's eighth. Eighth appearance. Eighth, yeah. Something like that. Taika Waititi's second Thor film after Ragnarok she kind of came in she kind of did like a brand refresh halfway through so of all the four Thor films you've kind of got the two serious ones these kind of two funny this ones this is much more of a spiritual successor to Ragnarok yeah. than it is to Thor's to, 1 and 2 yeah, yeah exactly so Thor Love and Thunder uh, basic gist is Thor now post Endgame it has had this great success in defeating Thanos but is still a little bit lost he's kind of at peace but also kind of empty he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy but everything's very easy to him he, he, he doesn't really he got back into shape he's got back into shape he could help fight the battles he sometimes does but it's all very easy to him it's all kind mm. of meaningless um, but he, what he really misses is love and love of course for Jane Foster who played by Natalie Portman who mm. returns to the films uh, after Thor's 1 and 2 she is on Earth. She has. This isn't a spoiler because it's in the. This is the setup for the whole film. She has stage four cancer. Uh, oh, <laughs> that was my reaction as well. Like, yeah. oh, okay, we're going, we're there. going there. She has stage four cancer. Stage four cancer. Did you hear? I said it. Oh my god, stage four cancer. And um, through several plot devices, she uh, realizes that what something that might help her survive is going to New Asgard and getting uh, Mjolnir the remnants of Mjolnir from Thor 3 to kind of bring it back together. Uh, what else is happening? Yeah, new Asgard. Um, Valkyrie, played by Tessa Thompson, is mm. king. She is king of Asgard, King Valkyrie. And Gore, the God then Butcher. Gore, the God Butcher, the main, the main villain, opens. This film opens with uh, Christian Bale staggering through the desert uh, with, could you calm down yeah, when I'm doing the plot synopsis? Sorry, staggering through the desert with his daughter, parched, hungry, um, and he meets this god who he's been worshipping and uh, he feels completely betrayed and sort of sets a vow to, with this weapon he finds called the, the Necrosword, right? Oh, to yeah, to to destroy all gods because they let him down. Okay, cool. Yeah, Christian Bale again. You know, loads mm. of time for him. So... That's the setup. Have I missed anything from the plot synopsis? No, I think that's. I think that's that's good. So, yeah. Oh, Thor uh, Asgard is at is at risk from the god butcher. He needs to go to the city of the gods. Yeah, to find yeah, yeah, Zeus yeah, to get yeah, 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 yeah. But and so lots of cue, lots of space magic, space opera, fun, colorful things, lots of jokes. Thor: Love and Thunder. James, what do you reckon? I feel like watching this film that it was the first time I felt like I'd slightly aged out of the intended audience for an MCU film, mm. only slightly. And I think I did enjoy it, but it did feel a little bit like the tone had just been taken a step too far in the realm of comedy. Because I remember Thor's 1 and 2 were so different and they were more serious, make a serious superhero movie, mm. Marvel. Um, and then you had one which is sort of fine, two which is really not watchable. And then you get Taika Waititi in uh, Thor Ragnarok and it's this wonderful like balance of this action movie and a comedy. And it really like it sits on this great line and so many people come out of that and go, oh, what a great refreshing mm. take that Thor and let's be honest, the MCU kind of really needed. Mm. And now I feel like everyone was like, yes, that, do more, Taika Waititi again. I do think we've now got a comedy film mm. that has a little bit of action scenes. And yes. I think the fact that it's turned its tone up so far, I think in this film did a slight disservice to the characters mm. and the overall tone of 
the MCU. Mm. I didn't hate it, yeah. but the the level of satire and parody is almost like you know those scary movie films. Yeah. Where for for the it's first, it's almost a spoof. It's almost a spoof. Yeah. I think Thor is a little bit too much of a buffoon. Yeah. And I think for the first hour and a half, it's set up, set up, punchline. Yeah. Set up, set up, punchline. And then when you get to the end, there wasn't really that much for me to cling on to for me mm. to care about what happened. Mm. And I did feel like watching this film in terms of the overall MCU was a little bit like consuming empty calories. Yeah. It, no, it, it uh, yeah. just, I just didn't really have much to take from it. I did not enjoy myself. I did laugh a few times, but a lot of times I didn't. Mm. But I think you, if you gave me 100 darts to throw at a dartboard at once, I might hit bullseye a couple yes. of times because you try every, every single five minutes, it was go, mm. go, go with the jokes. Didn't dislike it. I think, I think they just need to turn the knob down ever so slightly, mm. on the, the Taika Waititi knob. Interesting phrase. Uh, <laughs> just let that hang down. there for a the dial. bit. The, the dial. dial. Thank yeah, you, the, the YTT dial. Our Englishisms don't yeah, quite translate. No. Um, uh, what did you think? I, I kind of agree. I look. I like Chris Hemsworth as fun as Funny Thor. Right. Mm. You know, it's much more interesting than Bland Thor. When he when he's doing Funny Thor, I, I always very watch. He's, he's clearly got great comic talent. He really does. Uh, yeah. he, he's wonderful. And look, I agree. The Taika Waititi jokes. There are a lot of them, and. A lot of them don't land. Some of them are fine. I would say there is a handful of quite good jokes in there, actually. I yeah. quite like There is a uh, extended joke about Mjolnir and Stormbreaker and, yeah. and his relationship with them that I found really, really funny. Um, I think that the comedy for me, actually, was less intrusive than Ragnarok. But I think that is actually because there's less of a plot for it to intrude on. Yeah. So in Ragnarok, I found that Thor was on this very serious quest. And mm. when there was dramatic moments, the comedy still kept creeping in. I wanted to say, okay, enough now. I want to just have like the, the actual drama of the situation, which is what yeah. I've been finding with a lot of Taika Waititi films in like Hunt for the Wild People and Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Taika Waititi knows how to be funny, yeah. but he just doesn't know when not to be funny, like when to not tell a joke. And actually with this, I found there being less and less times and I thought, could you just shut up with the jokes a second? Mm. But, but I realize now that that's probably because there wasn't actually that much of a dramatic situation for the jokes to intrude on in the first place. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a bit, I know what you mean about empty calories. It feels a bit like a victory lap. Yeah. It feels like Taika Waititi is like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to do, do much, much what I did before, but I'm not really providing you with any new information. The whole sort of thesis kind of argument of the, of the film is like Thor learning, uh, yearning for love and, and some sort of deeper meaning. And for me, it's quite loose, it feels very, it? very loose, very contrived. And I think that it doesn't hit any as far as deeply as where Thor was at in like Endgame. Yeah. Like much more of an emotional connection, an emotional relation with what Thor was going through then. This, it kind of feels like, eh. and, uh, you know, I was having a passably enjoyable time, but halfway through, I just thought, you don't really know where you're going, do you? No. I, both for this film and kind of for the MCU. I was like, you don't really know. You go, you know, you, you're having fun. In a way, you need mm. to keep this train moving because the second you stop, it was in a scene where actually like things kind of slow down. And if you slow down too much, you're like, this is cool, Taika, but what are we actually doing here? And he's, and he's like, I don't know either. I'm mm. just trying to make it as fun for you as possible. Butt, I was yeah. told to do a sequel. I'm just going to give you my thing. So, so it's, it feels a little bit transactional. Like, okay, mm. press the Taika with TT button. I'll get some of that. And you, you do some of this. And Chris Herms is going to turn up and do that. Um, I mean, what else to say? I mean, I think... Uh, <laughs> in terms of the detail of the film, Christian Bale as the villain, Christian Bale is good in everything. Uh, yeah, uh, he, I liked What I like is that he, he commits. He doesn't yeah. phone it in at all, no. unlike Russell Crowe. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, Christian Bale actually commits because he's a good actor. That's why he's a bloody professional yeah. actor. I still think he's wasted in it. I, I'd love to have seen him in a different, better, more consequential film. Yes. That villain, because yeah. he was great in it. And terrifying as well. Well, yes, but terrifying. But then when, they kind of subvert the kind of... Uh, uh, threat of gore 
which which really bothers me because in the first act it's like there's this guy going around killing gods and mm. you're next and it's like oh this is interesting there's like a there's like a target on the back of thor like yeah. oh, you're, you're next and then they actually meet very early on and gore's like yeah no, I'm actually going to steal all of these kids because I need it for this other thing, this other plot that I'm going to suddenly make up now. And suddenly Thor is no Thor is no longer under threat. He's placed in, into, into like a rescue mission, which I find dramatically just less interesting. Yeah, I'm not saying that I it would have been a better story if if Thor was always under threat. I just found it like oh, and now it's just like we must go rescue this nursery. The kids to me felt like should we get everyone in the cast's kids to be in the film? Yeah, and wouldn't that be cute if we have a really fun family thing? I'm being really cynical there. Um, just picking up on your point where you said about the difference between the tone of Ragnarok and the tone of Love and Thunder is that Ragnarok was quite an interesting place because it was the deep breath before Infinity War. It was mm. on the horizon. We knew we were sort of, we had all these characters in different places and it was sort of okay to spawn mm. out because we knew everyone was coming back. And in this film, we've got this like whimsical side plot. I don't have a sense of where, where we're going. everything's Which going. Which is a wider problem with the MCU in general. Actually, is, let's talk about and, that when we get it, to the... it, it, This film really shows that there is a problem with where, it, with well, where it's going. At the end of this film, it says Thor will return. This isn't Thor's last film, but I was thinking, I think okay. it probably should have been, actually. Mm. I don't know why. I feel like those first-generation heroes, you've re- you know, Iron Man's gone. Mm-hmm. They've retired Captain America. Yeah. I kind of had a similar thing with Thor. I was like, because they, you know, they, they set it up to be that he's kind of getting older and settling in a way. Yeah. But I th- would have almost liked it if they would have gone out with a, a bang and made this, maybe Thor's yeah, last the ending, I won't ruin it, but I was like, okay. I, I, I felt nothing. I, I don't really, I don't really know if you're in a different place to where you were before. No. You have this extra thing now, but I think, uh, just what else is there? I think uh, I think Tessa Thompson is is wasted and, and I think Valkyrie has done a disservice. I think Valkyrie is nowhere no near as interesting a character as she was in Ragnarok. Uh, or even... Endgame, like she, I, I just love the way she's written. She's just not. She does her best with it, but I just think her Valkyrie's the, the not. Voice as is character. a little bit, a bit off. I, I feel like there are well, there her, are a lot well, of her accent. Yeah, like the, the, the tone and like the writing for her. Oh, yeah. it's just a little yeah. bit off. I, I feel like not every actor in that film is good at delivering Taika Waititi style comedy. Yes. Yeah. Some of them are. I think Chris Hemsworth is, and yeah. he's he's clearly yeah. got. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing yeah. how much was revealed to us that he did have such great comedy mm. drops. But I, I don't think. Uh, I love Natalie Portman, but I don't think she could deliver like those comedy elements. Mm. Russell Crowe for me, oh. just uh, so here's the thing: in my screening, there were there were kids who were like 15, 16, 17 years old, and they were loving it, and they were laughing every single what, time. At Zeus, at, at, at Russell Crowe, Crow? everything. Oh, they every were joke. like, oh my god. Each other, like, yeah. isn't it funny? But what that also meant is that they were also laughing at times where I know it wasn't meant to be funny. Right. And I think that's also a problem was that when it's constantly joke, 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 yeah. the times where it doesn't want to joke, I don't think the audience right. knew. Maybe I'm, try- I'm not trying to sound arrogant, like, I know when to laugh. No. But there were times where I know, like, that's not meant to be funny and you're mm. just really warmed up. So you're laughing mm. at everything. But that's what they want from the audience, I suppose. And maybe you're yeah. right. Maybe you're moving out of the age demographic where it, it sounds really arrogant because I don't feel like with other Marvel things, but this is the one where I felt like. I mm. don't find this uh, just just saying your lines in a funny voice yes, isn't just funny to me. The, just yeah. going like this. Oh yes, we're going to have our, our orgy. Yeah, it's it's not that no. funny. I, and, I think and everyone I, else was laughing, so I was kind of questioning myself. I, I, I see. I thought Russell Crowe was like a surprise thing, but he said, his name's actually on the poster. But I, I, yeah. I, I thought personally, he kind of took the piss. Actually, I don't know. I just thought he was like, "Oh, this is so funny. I'm gonna come and do this voice and be yeah. be a Zeus." Is it a Greek accent, I guess. Yeah, I, and uh, you know that metal plate sort of holding in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Russell. Um, I don't know. I think. 
I mean, screaming goats. Love that. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that is funny. The, the, it's a moment when they crashed into the planet. Yeah, yeah. Moon. yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> it was yeah, revealed yeah, to yeah, be way smaller. Yeah, yeah. That to me was. Really and also, funny. like you have obviously, you have what you get is you know what Marvel has kind of been doubling down on since Guardians and since Thor Ragnarok, which is colourful, playful. You're not allowed know, that coast keeps sticking. It keeps sticking to your Sorry, as you are. Um, it's colourful and it's playful and it's you know kind of space funk, um, and then that's quite interestingly played with when they meet gore in one scene and all the color sort of desaturates out yeah it's kind of like it's kind of interesting the fights with the cgi shadow monsters are incomprehensible unreadable look i've always liked thor i've always liked thor because he's a he's a classic superhero he's a super being with a fucking massive weapon he can shoot lightning out he can punch people he's got the strength of like the hulk Mm. he can smash things he can fly he can do all the superhero stuff i want to see i want to see someone shoot essentially a laser beam out of something and he mm. can do that with thunder right when you've got him fighting these shadow monsters i can't see him do that i just want to see him hit a couple of you know like when in infinity war when he lands and you're like yeah and it, that's in broad daylight really? I, yeah i love that and he's yeah, and the so action yeah. thumps and it hits but yeah. this is like in like the middle of the night where they're fighting monsters that by their nature are shadows yeah. and i couldn't i couldn't read it i couldn't read I don't it like anyone got, got hit in the face in this film no. and i want to i want to see when i watch an action film i want to yeah. see someone get also it does that um rise of skywalker thing which i hate which it'll do something serious like um with i don't know how to say this in a non-spoiler term mm-hmm. but in a with the, the fate of a character yeah it'll go <gasps> and you'll go whoa oh wow Oh, they've done that, and then they'll two minutes later they go, "Just kidding." Oh, it's, yeah. it winds Just kidding. me up when this is a, this is another trend I'm noticing in films when side character A gets gets stabbed or shot, yes. and they go like, <gasps> "Look yeah. at the camera," and and you go, "Oh, stakes! Wow, it's character." In next scene, they're fine. Yeah, and I'm noticing it happening a yeah. lot. And I really they did it to Iron Man at the end of Infinity War. Got stabbed through the thing. Oh yeah, and, and you make and, a moment and out of it. Peter Parker in uh, No Way Home. Yes, yeah, and it means nothing. It just means they're just doing it just to really yank your chin. And they're okay, and then it cuts them at the hospital, and they're fine. I know. Why make the moment? It yeah. just, it just, yeah. yeah so that, 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 that really bothered me. Um, the end credit scene. I mean, this is now about like Marvel as 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 a whole sort of thing. I have this thing with end credit scenes at the moment, which uh, so there's two obviously. There's the mid yeah. credit scene, and then there's the post credit scene, mm-hmm. right? Actually, first of all, the post post credit scene at the very end of the film, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Fine. And I thought if you were going to do that about that topic, you know, it's all about, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I was like, I thought that would be funny. I thought of all the things that you would make funny, yeah. that would be funny. It was but it was, it was just I feel like we can't really boring. talk about it without spoiling. I don't want to say it without spoiling, but anyway, then the mid, mid, the mid credit scene, it's yet again, I found the same thing with Eternals and with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse Madness, where the mid credit scene is, Something, 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 and here is another idea. It's just it, 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 they're introducing another idea, so that is not connected to the other ones. Do you remember? But pre Endgame, mm. Marvel was held together by whatever the film was about. The end credit scene, that little nugget, was a little tease of the wider narrative that was yeah. happening, and that was what kept you hooked. You could trace the dots yourself as to where it would go. Yes, I, exactly. I don't know where, but these it, it, made, it made you feel like oh, you were watching something that was part of a, a bigger story, which it was. Mm. And also, I think that was important in kind of making the film seem less disposable and less. You know, you had a that's why they changed the superhero landscape because you know, previously superhero films seemed so disposable. Like, yeah. No, no, this is all part of a wider thing. This is all part of, as people have said, the most expensive TV show ever made, yeah. right? Got that. But now each post-credit scene is is a completely new idea that's not connected to the others. I mean, they, they may all connect back up eventually, but I end up watching them and I just go, what now? What, what, what's that? 
that's not what happened at the what so the end of, you know the end credit scene of the doctor strange and charlie theron yeah you know, uh-huh. pops up and i'm like Okay. That's only interesting that, because I know who Charlie Theron is. Yeah, and, that's, and that gives yeah. me this level of excitement. Yeah, that, Other than that, what does that mean? Nothing. I was to like, me. that's just somebody, somebody. Somebody has just turned up. In the end of this one, somebody has turned up. With, with, and how at, lazy. In the end of Eternals, somebody who happens to be Harry Styles. Just, uh, that's why it's interesting. Yeah, but how lazy up. to have time portal quick and you do the the doc brown thing from back to the future quick get in we've got to go yeah and that's it that's the most uninventive way to tease a character ever yeah i find it really cynical really really cynical and just quite it does the opposite it doesn't make me want to go oh i want to see where this is going it makes me think Mm. you don't know where this is going you don't know where this is going you're just you're just putting stuff out there hoping that we kind of engage with some of it that you go okay they like this one and they like this one and actually you're right that is the running theme with all these end credit scenes it's introduce wildly new character played by recognizable talent yeah there you go it's i i sense a growing frustration with phase four over as we've been saying what this actual plan is and i think we were spoiled in the end of phase three where everyone was in it together yeah we all kind of knew the what the end yeah, yeah. literally what the end game was and i think now people are a few films in now post that and you had your you, had, you got you had no way home which got away with it for having all of the, the yeah. callbacks and i think now everyone's just a little bit like what is what where are we heading yeah. i don't i feel like it's lots of people moving in different directions and i don't feel like anything's going to come together this could this could be a sense where maybe in 10 years we will look back on these films and all these things we didn't know were actually building to something later down the line that could be happening it's a reach it's a reach though and i don't think i'm going to be that more invested currently to be like oh i wonder i'm going to take each film as it comes and evaluate if it's if it's entertaining i think the tv series have really confused and muddied where people find themselves as well Mm. because before it was just you were following them on a film by film basis. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, even with Doctor Strange, you kind of had to have watched One Division to get that. Yes. And it's like, oh, uh, yeah, no, if you if you seen that other six part series, oh, did you see Loki? Oh no, okay. Oh well, oh, well this is at Moon Knight. I mean Miss Miss Marvel. And and the sort of straightforward chronology of it has been really muddied by a different format that they've introduced. Yeah. And I and I think that uh confuses people and i think it's a shame uh, even though i had seen one division i felt like scarlet witch's motivations in doctor strange yeah, were completely you... off yeah, you... for that character so george has now seen doctor strange i reviewed it a few weeks ago you can go check out that, that review yeah, but doctor... you, you've now seen doctor so, yeah, strange i've just seen doctor strange in the multiverse well, what did you think by well, the way? on the whole i actually think i enjoyed it a bit more than you did yeah i i, I think on the most part i thought it was perfectly fine and serviceable a bit, a bit really? like what we're saying with love and thunder which is like i mean well, i think that's what we're saying with love and thunder is like fine serviceable but Mm. But, but sorry just to round up love of thunder if a marvel fan asked me oh what did you see it what did you think i'd be like if you have free time go see it yeah. but by all means don't rush it's, do not do not go la 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 don't want to hear spoilers I'd be like, if it's expendable got a, if you've got a free night by all means yeah that's to that's if a marvel fan asked it's me. quite inconsequential yes, but okay. sorry anyway for, for so does Doctor 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 i think i enjoyed it more than you i really liked the the sam raimi touches i know some people would have expected more but i really like this marvel film prepared to be ghoulishness oh this will be a spoiler chat by the way i will be yeah, spoilers for Doctor strange too. i liked the fact that this is a film that has uh, a, a reanimated corpse of doctor strange i, I like i hate wait that. wait wait yeah. i like the fact that it had the beast and the damned i like the fact it's a film where um a man uh, blows his own head open from inside i like it mm-hmm. where i like it's a film where 
they bring in Captain Carter, you know, uh, Penny Carter is uh, the, the British version, and she gets cut in half by a shield. I like the fact that there are these kind of uh, bloody, it, it gets its hands dirty, which is great because in a, in, a, in other uh, films we're talking about, which is so disposable, where no one dies, it's all very um, sanitized. I was like, oh, but wait, you wait, just no, met no. that character, sorry. It, it, no, I know, I know, I know. Everyone but, but, died, but no one was there in yes, the first place. I, I, I'm just talking about like, uh, um, it's a bit like when we talked about Obi Wan Kenobi, the show, and yeah. I said, you know, there's not really moments in that. The one moment is when Darth, Darth Vader snaps that guy's neck, right? Yeah. But, but, but other than that, it's not very... Sure. But this, I was like, oh, this is... F- uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's happy to dip its hands in the, in the, in the bucket of fake blood and have a, li- have a bit of a play, yeah. okay? And it's, you know, stabbing the eye of the giant monster and all that kind of stuff. It was distinctively different. Right. Yeah. That, that is what made it pass- passable for me. I agree with you. The Scarlet Witch thing makes absolutely no sense. They were giving her this wonderful three-dimensional exploration in yeah. her show, all about so grief, good. so clever with playing with all these time periods of um, TV history. And they leave her in a place and I'm like, oh, I wonder where that's going to go. And in this, it's like, she is one-dimensional. She's crazy. She's looking for her when kids. When she invaded Carmitage, yeah. I was like, oh, is she the villain? The villain. Yeah. Huh. Yes. I thought she would be buddy, friend, or maybe on her no. own story. I was like, that's strange. But that, I wonder how, and I just, it didn't connect. And I was, su- I was surprised how soon in the film they revealed her to be the villain. Yeah. He goes to visit her and then it turns out it'll all be an illusion. And, yeah. and, and then, and then it's like, there, there you go. She's now the villain. I was like, oh, we're not going to build to this. We're not going to get, I think Elizabeth Olsen does a great job. Does, you know, does what she can. Yeah. Um, Doctor um, Benedict Cumberbatch, I thought, looked so bored. I think he was incredibly bored. Yeah. First scene, by the way, he not the first scene. The, um, the when he's at Thingy's wedding, Rachel McAdams' wedding, the most obvious wig hair dye. Oh uh, god, yeah. I was like, whoa. That I, hair um, piece. It's like Cumberbatch has just walked off the set of Power of the Dog, and they were like, "You still have to do Doctor Strange by the way." And he was like, "I'm <sighs> sure for twenty million quid, he's not complaining." Yeah, I, I know, I'm yeah. sure, but he looked really bored. Michael Stuhlbarg, random, random once in there. Why even have him? Why even have him? Was he in the first? He wasn't the first yeah, Doctor Strange, okay. but like, why have it? Is that just to like usher people back in? Um, there was a review in Sight and Sound, I can't remember by the journalist, who said that this film sort of Im- implies that the the actual Doctor Strange 2 that was teased at the end of Doctor Strange 1, do you remember the... Um, the, the, the end with, of, yes, with, uh, like, with Chiwetelija Yeah, or yes. like, And you think Chiwetelija Four is going to come after come him. No. It doesn't happen. But when Doctor Strange goes to the other realm, the, multi- uh, the multiverse, where yeah. he meets the other Mordo, he's like, oh yeah, this guy went really bad and he hated me and like, came after him. I'm like, are you talking about a film that we didn't see? Like, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's worth saying that Scott Derrickson, who directed Doctor Strange, the first one, isn't back for this one. It is Sam no, Raimi. And, and that was like the big thing. Yeah, But it is. it does feel kind of... Like okay, we're gonna do, we've been building the multiverse for a while. Let's do let's have Doctor Strange do the multiverse one. Okay, and how many multiverses does he go to? Basically one. You have sure. that one montage scene, and then and and, and, and then, then he goes through the pain, which was cool. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, that that scene lasts like one minute, and then then he lands in basically like on on futuristic like Benedict Cumberbatch house. looking bored or maybe slightly detached. like the performance is detached. I wonder when a, when a plot is that complex in terms of its structure of going between different universes and no, this is that character, but it's a different version yeah. of that character or no, in this version, they don't know who you are. I don't believe that when they turn up for set to film and they're filming it out of order that an actor can genuinely understand where that character is in that moment in time. Yes. I actually genuinely believe, I know Benedict Cumberbatch is one of the best actors in the world. I genuinely believe he would struggle to be like, okay, so what are my real thoughts on yes. this version of the character? And I think what happens is, because he's a great actor, he does the heroic thing where he talks and we do that, but it doesn't feel like he's really connecting with his environment. Yes, that's and really I feel point. like when you when, when an actor can't connect with their environment or the actual actors in the, 
in the film don't really know where they are because I watching it don't know where yeah, they yeah. am and I'm watching it in order. They're filming it out of order, probably doing a couple of reshoots, come back and yes, all that stuff. And, and like you've got this scene, like spoilers, where you've got, um, you know, uh, What's his name playing uh, Mr. Fantastic? Uh, John, uh, John, John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Oh, I was, actually, I was the which, most interesting part of it. Which yeah. I enjoyed. And you've got, you know, Professor X there and loads of other great characters. I was almost a bit like, I've just, I just don't, I haven't been given enough solid grounding to really enjoy this scene yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've just been thrown around so much. And there's all these MacGuffins and weird magic, which I've just been introduced to. Yeah. I should be really excited. Yeah. And I, I could see it coming with the bald head. Like, <laughs> Professor X play on the theme tune. But also I was like, he went out really well with Logan. Did we need to bring him back? It, I and he said on the Graham Norton show, "I will not go back to Professor X." That was the per- Logan was the perfect ending. And then they character. probably offered him, you know, it's just stupid a money. gazillion dollars. Yeah, um, yeah I, I do love the, the character of Professor X. Is really he's always cool. He's really, I, I was like, him. couldn't they have got like McAvoy to do it? Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been fine. I would have and then would, that. wouldn't have broken some sort of weird thing. I, I it makes more sense because McAvoy's uh, ex just jumps all over. He jumps all over the timeline, doesn't he? Yeah, I liked. I liked. John Krasinski turning up in it though. I like that because it was like non-committal. It's like he could be Mr. Fantastic but, in the real world, yeah. but he could not be. Um, so yeah, so Doctor Strange. But I, I think I slightly enjoyed it more than you. Um, I, but I also got that thing, yes. Where where is where is the MCU really going with this? And mm. when that you know Charlie Theron turns up, I thought, here we go again. I don't know what I, I need a spreadsheet of all the different threads you've set up now. I think I think Multiverse of Madness and Lauren Thor Thor Love and Thunder. I think Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder are similar but very different. One I think has a lot of plot and not much of like who like yeah. Doctor where Doctor Strange is at. I don't feel like he changed. And then I think Thor Love and Thunder was no plot, but just a bunch of like comedy 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 yeah. and both films don't seem to know where you they're know going but they had a very different approach they're treading water they're just <laughs> treading just... water they're just like let's just we're keeping we're keeping alive yeah. we're, we're doing our thing but we are not actually swimming in any distinctive direction do you think cynically it's like we have this massive audience we don't actually need to go for a long time we can make 200 million dollar movies and make 800 million dollars and they go, let's, ha- let's see how many times we could just do that. We spend 200, make 800 to a billion. And just over and over. Yeah, but you reap what you sow. I, th- I think, you know, they, they spent f- uh, 10 years building Endgame and basically crafting a, a story that really got people invested. And I think now just a sort of, it kind of feels like a game you've completed. Like when you've, when you've completed Grand Theft Auto. And now Auto, you just have to go around the yeah, map and clear around, up. just clear up, yeah. do, do the side quest, do the, do the Easter eggs. It's like, no, I would like a new mission, please. Can we, yes. have, can we have an objective? Some DLC. You could, you could do it. Maybe they need to clean, clean house. Maybe the next film is just like, oh, uh, like three superheroes have just been killed. What, where's Kang the Conqueror? Who is that? That guy at the end of Loki in the purple. That's contained to Loki, I think. Is it not? No, I think that is just no. I think that is just staying in the Loki show for now. Oh, I thought he was. He's like one of the big bad. He's like well, I okay, thought maybe, he was going to be. But like, I don't know. I what's don't happening know. with the I, multiverse? I thought, I thought Loki would have been in Doctor Strange. I thought of all the characters to have turned up in Doctor Strange, yeah, Loki he's would have been, been the jumping one. He's around. in the multiverse. That's the thing. They don't. The characters don't come together and, enough. And also, the multiverse. There's no sort of. Um, I thought there would be some sort of aesthetic overlap between like where he is with the Time Variance Authority. And uh, oh, another thing that annoyed me about Thor: Love and Thunder is the very beginning. I felt like we had 20 minutes of get this out the way, get that out the way. Now let's start the film because you had to address Thor being with the Guardians at the end 
end of Endgame. Yes. Which I love that idea. Yeah. I thought the next Guardians film would be Guardians and Thor. And, and too, I thought, expensive. too expensive. Too <laughs> yeah. expensive. And I think I remember in uh, Infinity War, oh my God, like Hemsworth and uh, Pratt have really yeah. great, a really great comedy yeah. bounce between each other. That would be funny. Then they just sort of have a scene, probably two days worth of filming. Yeah. And then they go, thanks, but we don't want to pay Chris Pratt $20 million yeah. to just be in this film. We'll yeah. have him for a scene. And so they get rid of them. Chris Pratt has some loose scene about finding the ones you love. Then you've got to address the whole like body thing. Yeah. And then Taika Waititi uh, as Korg does the thing, which I know you hate, where he starts going, yeah, kids, that is the story of Thor. Yeah, and he fell in love. And what he realized is that actually, like, you know, yeah. I'm, doing South Africa. I'm doing South Africa now. Yeah. Um, but... I was like, you, you had this set up for Thor and you just went, no, nah, let's abandon it and just do this other Taika yeah. Waititi film. What, yeah. what, what, what does it mean to have this great epic adventure end with these characters in one place if in the next film you have them and you go, yeah, but we don't want to do that anyway. Yeah. I thought also they. I thought the point at which they separate would have been a bit more of a decisive moment for both of them. I thought it would have been like, we'd love to stay together, but Thor, you need to go and do this, and Guardians, you need to be over here. So we There's have no good to split reason. up. Yeah. We have to, but it was just like, oh, actually, oh, there's someone I know. Yeah, the Thor was just like they're Sif on FaceTime. I, yeah. And literally, oh hi, Sif character from the old Thor films, which are like you know the the old brand yeah. basically. How you doing? And out of the movie, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Out of the movie, great. And she gets fourth billing. Jamie Alexander, she gets fourth oh, billing. Wow. Yeah, how strange. I know. There you go. Um, We've covered quite a lot of Marvel actually in there. Yeah, so, um, I, I don't know if we want to do a spoiler for Thor: Love and Thunder. I don't think there's that much I want to. Say about well, right before. now, quickly before we Do you end. Want to, okay, let's quickly spoilers well, the thing for was, Thor. Yeah, for I know we've done <laughs> Doctor and now Thor again. Um, spoilers for Thor: Love and Thunder. If you haven't seen it, please come. I back. was just going to say they kill Korg and they kill Valkyrie, but then they don't kill Valkyrie. Yes, Valkyrie. Very depressing. Um, yeah, the thing at the end where Brett Goldstein plays Hercules was just like, okay, great. They got cool. they've just got Brett Goldstein because he's hot off Ted, Ted Lasso. Yeah, I, mean, I love Brett sure. Goldstein. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like one hot. of the best stand-up acts I saw in Edinburgh was Brett really. Goldstein. Oh, fantastic. he's brilliant. Yeah, I love his podcast as well. But yeah. don't go listen to it. Stay here. <laughs> <laughs> don't see him stand up either yeah yeah, yeah. Stay, keep all your attention on us uh, I actually think that's it for spoilers I think, I think we're good I don't know if I have much to say um, yeah I, th- I think Gore did Gore die? yes oh I would have loved uh, th- him to come back that was the same the post credit scene where it's like welcome to Valhalla I thought oh they're going to do something funny here Valhalla would be like a party yeah. and it was just like Idris Elba being like welcome to this basically looks the fucking same as Asgard it just looked like heaven like, yeah. it looked like if you asked a kid to draw heaven that's what heaven looks like I thought they were going to have a joke where Sif's arm was going to be there with like a flag, flagon of beer. Oh, you know where right. he's like, yeah, your yeah. arm is in Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, that, that, that's something that I'll come back to later. One thing that really made me laugh is when, when you know, uh, they realised that Jane, it, the, lot, the more Jane is as a mighty Thor, her body's not fighting the cancer. So when she's not using yeah. the hammer, she's like really sick. And Thor's visiting her in hospital. And he gets so frustrated that he punches the vending machine. Yeah. And then it cuts to him in, in just bringing in a load of snacks. He's like, so a moron made a fridge without a door. That really yeah. made me laugh. Um, okay. There I think that's it. That's it. I, that, I don't, we don't really have those are our thoughts. spoiler Let us know what you think about. I, I would genuinely love to hear what you thought of Thor Love and Thunder. So please do write in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and I'd love to just hear what people are thinking about MCU as a whole. And send in Doctor Strange impressions yeah. as well because I feel like you, if, you've seen, if you care you would have seen that now. Um, but yeah. Thank you. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs>